Like the found out. Like we we have heard it through the grapevine. Yeah, here it comes. Be mine. I heard it through the great. I actually can't believe. Oh, I'm just about to lose People fast my mind. Here it right? is. Here it is. Honey, honey, yeah. <laughs> what you know about that, honey, honey, yeah? <laughs> I mean, people that write these things in the songs. I mean, who sat around and thought about that and went with like, what are we going to put here? Go with the honey, honey, yeah. <laughs> Like, if I opened up a wing shop, that would be one of the flavors. Oh, that, oh, that's yeah. honey, honey, yeah. I have honey, wanted yeah. wings all day today. Same, dude. I want to buy <laughs> I knew you were going to be upset about that. I couldn't eat them first thing in the morning, Jack. It was 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, first Jack. First thing in the morning? <laughs> That's the very first thing that I ate is what I'm saying. I can't, oh, my god! I gosh. can't eat something that heavy on the first meal. Now. Welcome to Products from Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. My name is Lawson Harlow, and with me today I have Don Terrell and Blake McCullough. So, Don, what are we doing today? What are we doing today? So, today here on Products of Grace, we are not recapping Romans 9. I know, Jack spoiled it. Uh, he didn't sorry. tell me what it was. So, here's what we're going to do the material seemingly provides itself every no, week. No, really? Yes. So due to some recent events, I came across a passage and had a conversation and thought this really set up next week's episode well. So what are we doing today? We're going to talk about the Great Commission. Oh, okay. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's cool. <laughs> it's like a disappointment. What's that? Oh. <laughs> Matthew 28, 16 through 20 to be exact. Yes. I just had a conversation about this today. Same. Did you? Yesterday, actually. Yeah, me too. For me. Isn't that interesting? All well, three of us. Won't he do it? But before we get to that, <laughs> before we get to that. <laughs> I don't even know what we're going to cover. I don't even know if this will make it. This may get cut. I don't know, bro. We're going to try for it. Charles, we're going to try for it. Look, he's scared. I'm not. All right. So. This isn't a live conversation. This is so Lawson segment. Yeah, this is so Lawson. So Lawson. You didn't sit up front this week. I didn't, actually. And it's not about facts. It's Sarah about, was very concerned. It's about narratives. Julie. I saw Sarah. Bro, yeah, Julie but, couldn't even hardly concentrate. I, She's like I actually, five times. I learned a thing this week about myself. What is Hold it? on. I, this I, is... I know. I don't care. I listen. <laughs> this, I, is, this is my bit. This is my program. I listen better at you the back. You may star, but I produce like, everything. 100% listen better at the back. What? 100%. You are high, bro. I'm, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm dead no. serious. Like, when I'm right there, like I'm looking Real. like... It's like I'm in your face looking at you. I, at the back, I really I really do listen better. I actually have... Because you don't want to see my face? No, no. I have a full thread on Twitter that I have not posted... You're still about, workshopping it. Well, I, I had it's already the email done. He I had already to. done one one thread, <laughs> but it was about watching the congregation be preached to. So oh, Blake, sits I just watch everyone go to the back. That doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> so Blake sits down up front after preaching. Yeah, 
Julie asked me again, where did Lawson go? Yeah. And I immediately it. said he went to Disney on ice. Could <laughs> 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 you imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> uh, she he's died. Out. I leaned out. over to Blake and I was like, Blake, I've been trying to work in Disney on ice. I just <laughs> found a way to do it. That happened. <laughs> Whew. Yeah, but I listened better at the back. I learned a thing. So you went to the back. Yeah. What'd you go to the back for? It threw well, everybody off. Everybody was off kilter. Yeah. No, no one no one listened to this. That's sermon. not true. They're all like where is this? Notes were all being passed. No, that's where dumb. could he be? They started had, to write notes and then they were just great, over and over again. My missional community was confirmation that it was a good sermon. Because you didn't um, listen at first. I did listen to the entire thing. <laughs> just, the um I had to go to the restroom. Hey, the whole day today, every bit you have to be is like, if you get out, if you get a little bit crazy, just be like, I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, we can't, hey, man, I'm not right. Start getting like care packages. You might start getting money in the mail. You let people know. Um, we'll send your address out. Please. The, um, Thank you. But I went to the back because I had to run to the restroom, and and as soon everything you work out all right, yeah. <laughs> by the time you finished your prayer, I was back out. Oh wow, that's quick. Did yeah. you hold Rowan the whole time? No, Rowan was screaming in the nursery. She wow. was not. Rowan was more sour on that on that Sunday than I've ever seen her. She Probably was like Julie took her to task. Mm. What do you think about that? She needs to watch herself. Oh. Julie says, <laughs> Julie's, she hears people say, so Rowan said, Lawson's daughter says my full, not my full name. My full name is Don. And she says Donald. Mm, and every it. time Julie's like, I don't like when she does it. <laughs> 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 so I told Julie, I go, well, I mean, you might have to take a knee. Get down on her level. Tell her what's up. <laughs> His name is Don. And I was telling Lawson this on Sunday. His face went from like, he was thinking I was going to affirm how cute she is and how adorable it, it is. is. And I totally pivoted and went that way. And he was in he was in shock and horror and disbelief <laughs> that, that this was not held as cute as he holds it. And Hannah Borstad, somehow the Borstads, they're a standing topic on the show. <laughs> Hannah's face lit up. With joy that he was mad, that he was mad, and that Julie did not find the the name Donald coming from Rowan's mouth to be cute. What's What's fun is like every, pretty much every day at some point or another in my house. She says, "I hate Rowan the name says, Donald." Rowan says, "I go see Donald and Julie." Ah, yeah. Isaiah. Ever since y'all brought us that food, Isaiah's like. Mr. Don coming today? <laughs> no, he does not come bearing food every day. No, this man's like every Santa day. Claus every day. <laughs> All right. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. But before we get there. So, gentlemen, you ready? I'm ready. Hold on. What? We stopped doing something, and I, like, was really happy about this. And now, and, and now we're not going to talk about, about it anymore. About your Twitter followers? Your Twitter? I know, it's a troll on you. <laughs> you can't talk about it. I woke up this morning <clears throat> and looked, and I was like, this man went from like 585 Bro, to way over 600. It's He had that one time where he got quote tweeted by a couple people. Which one was it? There's what do you think put times. him over? The Bethel one? No, what's the dude? Costy put him, Costy. No, yeah, the other dude. Michael O'Fallon. Oh, that was recently, I forgot uh, about that one. yeah. You should really start sharing your podcast episodes that you star in. No, that's good. That'd, that'd be helpful. Yeah, I think I would. It's weird, like, 
<clears throat> this is yeah. the, I mean, we do have a link to give on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna, you, you know, may be doing Twitter for fun and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here to re- record thought. <laughs> Blake needs work, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So funny. All right. right. It's time for you to start pulling your weight. Yeah. (laughs) Support me. Lawson. He needs to retweet, reshare, and and give. Like, give to us now. (laughs) All right. So with that, gentlemen, let's find out if it's out of commission. So out of commission is not in working order, unable to function. For example, the drawbridge is out of commission, so we'll have to take the tunnel. Mm. This idiom originally referred to a ship that was laid up for repairs or held in reserve. Similarly, the antonym in commission referred to a ship armed and ready for action. I like that. In commission. The Great Commission. It makes you think of like, like a warship. Maybe like the church militant. Maybe so. Are we doing church militant today? <laughs> no, we're doing the Great Commission. I don't think that's a good category. Yeah, I don't think it's biblical. It's I think that's the first time I said shut up on this podcast. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Earmuffs, kids. Yep, earmuffs. Uh, <laughs> so this is the other thing. Time and tide. Time and tide waits for no man. Mm. A familiar saying from the days of sailing ships when tides determine departure times. Makes sense. Supposedly mm. a quote as early as the 14th century. Basically means if you've got something important to do, don't procrastinate because neither time nor tide will wait for you. Mm. So I have a nine marks article. How much of it are you going to read out loud? Does anyone? It's so good, dude. It's so good. When is it from and who is it from? It's from September 26th of 2017. Good, great. Good. By Michael A.G. Haken. Oh, he's a Southern professor. Is he? Yeah. You guys are so smart. Well, you, you probably are, had right? him. I didn't take him. Um, Jack Vernon says, post the link. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Going to do it. Right now. <clears throat> so the title of the article is, Did the Reformation Recover the Great Commission? Hmm. Question mark. He begins the article by saying, It is well known that the Reformation entailed a recovery of core New Testament doctrines regarding salvation and worship did it also involve a recovery of the great commission in one sense no Mm. the roman church had been involved in a variety of missional enterprises throughout the middle ages but in another much deeper sense yes the great commission did have to be recovered because medieval missions all too frequently involved forcible conversions like Mm. those of the saxons by charlemagne in the ninth century and the albigensian I think I said that right. Yeah, sure. Crusade in the early 13th century. <clears throat> and yet, it has been maintained that the 16th century reformers had a poorly developed missiology and that overseas missions to non-Christians was an area to which they gave little fault. Yes, this argument runs. The reformers rediscovered the apostolic gospel, but they had no vision to spread it to the uttermost parts of the earth. What should we think of this? So we're going to do this whole episode on predestination and... Romans 9? Yes. And you know, it's like the Reformed Church gets this argument levied at it. Oh. You know, like, and you mentioned it in your sermon, Blank, on Sunday, like it's this, oh, well, you know, God is sovereign. He's, so, you know, he's going to save who he's going to save. And so why do I need to share the gospel? 
heard someone who is reformed fall back on that argument this week. Really? Shut up. You did not. I swear. <clears throat> it's the second time you said shut up on the show. <laughs> I'm spicy today, I guess. I don't know. That's insane. What was the, can you give us the context? Can you color um, it in without naming names? Yeah, I think there's just like a, I don't think it's a named, generally, I don't think it's a named thing that we believe. Mm. But I think we can fall into that kind of, when you're thinking about like the, the lead up to a moment of asking someone that you're close to about spiritual things or like sharing mm-hmm. the gospel with mm-hmm. them, like it's easier, easy to just be like, well, I mean, if the Lord wants them to be saved, they'll be saved. So here's my analogy. I think it's a rest turned to laziness. No, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, functionally, we can act like that, mm-hmm. even if we wouldn't name that we believe that. Right. And so, yeah. that's where I think the argument does have some some teeth to it. You have to affirm the fact that that's a reality. <clears throat> right? Yeah, but that but, doesn't, it's just like two sides of a coin. That doesn't yeah. mean that you don't, that you're just sitting around waiting. Yeah, it's a misappropriation of primary and secondary causes. Sure. I'm what just saying, that, what like, does that mean? Primary cause, all things happen because God decreed, but God decreed the means as well as the ends. Mm-hmm. So there are means by which he brings these things to fruition. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, you can discuss the catechism with your children this week. It's about the yep. decrees of God oh. and providence and, and creation. Who's creation. actually doing that? I, I discuss it with my kids. No. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Is anybody actually using that? <laughs> You mean they took us seriously? <laughs> That's not what I meant. Anyway, I mean, who is doing the catechism on Sunday morning is what I was saying. Me. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Sorry. And again, this Sunday. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So but that, that's what I mean. Like, we don't <clears throat> negate secondary causes because we're aware of the primary cause. Yeah. No, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I think it, it's almost like an exasperation to be like, man, like... It just takes a lot to share the gospel with someone over and over again, you know? Yeah. And it's just a, an unhealthy thought to be like, well, yeah. if he wants them to be saved, they'll be saved. Takes a lot to breathe, too. He mm. is the, <laughs> he has chosen us as the vehicle. Yes, I heard a preacher say Sunday. Yeah, something like that. All right, so, yeah. He's, the author says, what should we you think of this? you hear yourself when you speak? Can you say, I heard a preacher say, if you were the preacher? Do your ears work while you're talking? I'm just uh, curious. I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to be spicy. Right, you bad. told me to shut up too many times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unemployed. I'm feeling cold. Lost my job today. <laughs> All you right. know, people just keep telling me they don't want me, and I just don't know how to respond. Just keep coming back. <laughs> All right, what should we think of this? And this is back to the article that this argument that the reformers rediscovered the apostolic gospel, but they had no vision to spread it to the uttermost parts of the earth. Mm. And the author says, what should we think of this? Possibly, he goes on to say, possibly the very first author to raise the question about early Protestantism's failure to apply itself to missionary work was the Roman Catholic theologian and controversialist Robert Bellarmine. Mm. He lived from 1542 to 1621. Bellarmine argued that one of the marks of a true church was its continuity with the missionary passion of the apostles. In his mm-hmm. mind, Roman Catholicism's missionary activity was indisputable, and this supplied a strong support for its claim to stand in solidarity with the apostles. As Bellarmine uh, maintained, 
in this one century, the Catholics have converted many thousands of heathens in the New World. Every year, a certain number of Jews are converted and baptized at Rome by Catholics who adhere in loyalty to the Bishop of Rome. The Lutherans compare themselves to the apostles and the evangelists, yet though they have among them a very large number of Jews, and in Poland and Hungary have the Turks as their near neighbors, they have hardly converted so much as a handful. So he goes on to say, but such a characterization fails to account for the complexity of this issue. First of all, in the earliest years of the Reformation, none of the major Protestant bodies possessed significant naval and maritime resources to date mm. the gospel outside the bounds of Europe. Mm. The Iberian Catholic kingdoms of Spain and Portugal, on the other hand, who were acknowledged leaders among mission-sending regions at this time, had resources aplenty. Moreover, their missionary endeavors were often indistinguishable from imperialistic conquest. Uh, it is noteworthy that other Roman Catholic nations of Europe, like Poland, also lack seagoing capabilities and evidence no more cross-cultural missionary concern at that time than Lutheran uh, Sax Saxony or Reformed Zurich. <clears throat> it is thus plainly wrong to make the simplistic assertion that Roman Catholic nations were committed to overseas missions, whereas no Protestant power was so committed. It would seem that uh, telling people you can pay for a trip to heaven would make you a lot of money. Ooh. I mean, that's what it's saying, right? That the Catholics yeah. had more money. Yeah. And why. that they were church and state and that they were imperialistic in, mm -hmm. yeah, mm. and in their endeavors, acquiring goods and wealth and people. Yeah, they were always going out to conquer. And I mean, this is where don't. Did you call them militant? <laughs> I, was about to, I was about to clarify the distinction. Thank you very much. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> but they were they were their version of conquering was by sword, mm -hmm. right? So right. they mm -hmm. they they carried that, and they, it was either by sword or by perversion. Mm -hmm. And by by that I mean like it's convert or die. But don't but we will also be glad to take what you believe and and mesh it to some degree. Um, but so I mean, the issue is at the end of the day, if there's a perversion of the gospel in your evangelism, you're doing bad evangelism anyway. Mm. And considering the Catholic Church started with that already, mm. so flawed, you know, it's hard to even speak of it as a, a true form of evangelism or carrying out the Great Commission. All right, so the author says, it is vital to recognize that as Scott Hendricks has shown, the Reformation was the attempt to make European culture more Christian than it had been. It was, if you will, an attempt to reroute faith to re-Christianize Europe in the eyes of the Reformers, this program involved two accompanying convictions. First, they considered what passed for Christianity in late medieval Europe as sub-Christian at best, pagan at worst. As the French reformer John Calvin put it in his reply to Satellito, the light of divine truth, and I'm quoting John Calvin, the light of divine truth had been extinguished, the word of God buried, the virtue of Christ left in profound oblivion and the pastoral office subverted. Mm. Meanwhile, in piety so stalked abroad that almost no doctrine of religion was pure from admixture, yeah. no ceremony free from error, no part, however minute, of divine worship, untarnished by superstition. Yep. Can't All right, I, All right so he, he goes on to say, the Reformers viewed their task as a missionary one. They were planting true Christian churches. They were like Bro, mad. I love that. Like mad. Yeah. That's what's so interesting about the, you look at Calvin and one of the, you know, one of the common charges is, ah, but Calvinists, they, they have no real, you know, missionary desires. And it's like, well, if you look at, let, let's just, you know, if you want to <laughs> stamp the name Calvin on something, well, let's look at how many churches he planted in his lifetime because, it, you know, by the time all was said and done, I think it's somewhere around 2000. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know of anybody who's come close to that in the last couple of decades. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so, but I mean, all that flows from the purity of the gospel. And so because they have this, this recovery of justification by faith alone and a moving toward a more biblical ecclesiology, though still, I think, having major errors left over from Rome, um, they planted churches. They sent the gospel out. You mentioned errors. Name one. Well, I mean, the first I think, one that comes I think paedo-baptism sure. is obviously one, but I think church okay. polity plays a major role okay. in that as well. Um, but, you know, the the one thing that I do want to be hesitant on is to say that, that it was not a um, is to say that altogether there was no real issues with the expansion of the gospel inside of the Reformed tradition because there there most certainly has been there and I hate to say it but it was Reformed Baptists that were struggling with the idea of going and making disciples about the time that William Carey and various others said no we're going um, and so y- you kind of have both ones from I'm going to do this in an imperialistic way and the other one was well we believe in the primary calls the secondary calls mm-hmm. is irrelevant. So the author, and this will be the end of the article, the author goes on to say in what he's about to write, he wants to offer a brief examination of John Calvin's missiology, which which will go to show the error of the perspective that the Reformation was by and large a non-missionary event. Yeah. So the next section is titled The Victorious Advance of Christ's Kingdom. Mm-hmm. A frequent theme in Calvin's writings and the sermons is the victorious advance of Christ's kingdom in the world. God the Father, Calvin says, in his prefatory address to Francis I, in his theological masterpiece, The Institutes of the Christian Religion, has appointed Christ, and I quote, to rule from sea to sea and from the rivers even to the ends of the earth. The reason for the Spirit's descent at Pentecost, Calvin notes further in a sermon on Acts 2, was in order for the gospel to, and I quote, reach all the ends and extremities of the world. In a sermon on 1 Timothy 2, 5 through 6, one of a series of sermons on 1 Timothy 2, Calvin underlines again the universality of the Christian faith, which is Jesus came not to simply to save a few, but to extend his grace all over the world. Mm. From that same sermon series, Calvin can thus declare that God wants his grace to be known to all the world, and he has commanded that his gospel be preached to all creatures. We must, as much as we are able, seek the salvation of those who today are strangers to the faith, who seem to be completely deprived of God's goodness. It was this global perspective uh, on the significance of the gospel that also gave Calvin's theology a genuine dynamism and forward movement. It has been rightly said that if it had not been for the so-called Calvinist wing of the Reformation, many of the great gains of that era would have died on the vine. The author finishes his article with a constant prayer of Calvin, this is one of Calvin's prayers uh, at, at the end of a, um, a sermon in Deuteronomy, and he says, this is his prayer, and I quote, We pray to you now, O most gracious God, a merciful Father, for all people everywhere, as it is your will to be acknowledged as the, as the Savior of the world. Through the redemption wrought by your Son, Jesus Christ, grant that those who are still estranged from the knowledge of him, being in the darkness and captivity of error and ignorance, may be brought by the illumination of your Holy Spirit and the preaching of your gospel to the right way of salvation, which is to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Matthew, great commission. You want to read it? Yeah. Uh, Matthew 28, uh, 16 and following. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. 
And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Mm. Why do you think he chooses a mountain? <laughs> well, I think here it's right before the ascension. He's backtracking, frankly. Yeah, isn't this the same? This is the same mountain that, of the ascension. Yeah, this is this is what we find in Acts two. It's yeah. just sped up in Matthew yeah. twenty eight, right? Yeah. Synoptically. Yeah. So there's an individual that was studying this passage and obviously reached out to all three of us. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I, I get it now. You get it now? Yes. Yeah, yep. Same. So this is what I said. This is what struck me about the passage as I was pondering this, you know, and I always think this is interesting, like how within inside church community, like, I don't think we should ever stop asking each other about the scriptures. Like, I love to read the Bible, but I, I love to be questioned about it. Same. You know what I'm saying? I have to. Yeah. I got to put my thinking cap on, you know, and really take a look at it. Same. And it's, and it's, it's some more. Is that the working out of iron sharpens iron? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is what I said. Um, hold on. Hang with me. Here you we texted go. all this to him? Oh, no. You sent him a book? No, no, no it was brief. I, I, I went small. Small okay. scope. Oh, my gosh. So I said, why the mountain? This is what I said. Why the you mountain? You just said, why the mountain? Question mark. <laughs> Not you. Here, work that a little harder. And then like I said, <laughs> I, got, I supplied the, here, I supplied what, I, what was my perspective. Yeah. He could have spoken to them from anywhere. There's purpose there at that place. Lots of mountaintop commissions in the Old Testament. <clears throat> and mountains are analogous for the nations. You ever thought about that? You're going to have to build Color that, that in for me. I will. It's in Revelation, but we'll go there. It's Isaiah 52, 7. He says, how beautiful are the feet of those on those mountains? I said, I said, he is fulfilling Old Testament prophecy as the one who owns the peace, the one who owns the beauty. It is upon that mountain we come to understand that many kingdoms rise and fall, but the published peace and kingdom of our Lord stands forever. He is the, he is the sending king, sending his court to make proclamation to the nations, which has come out of her, my people. Hmm. Which, I, which I just think like, that's such an interesting correlation that like, he, he says to them that he will never depart from them, hmm. but will eternally tabernacle with them. Like, I just think like so often when I think of the Great Commission, yeah, I think of it being applied to me personally. And I definitely think there's a personal application to be of made. But there's a historical hermeneutic here. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think like, I, I don't even know if I'd ever thought through that the Great Commission had been given on a mountaintop. Had that ever made any impression on you? Blake? McCullough? No, no Don Terrell. Lawson Harlow? Uh, I, I mean, I have never done much study of it. No, okay, not the look. I mean, so when this I, I, I thought it, about it about his, it, there's a trajectory that he takes, and this is mm-hmm. the final step of him going back and ascending. Mm. He came in this he way, he leaves this from way. that yeah. mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It says mm. they worshipped. Yeah. All right. What was y'all's thoughts about it? You want? I got lots of thoughts. You, you, you lay it out. Yeah, right, Blake yeah. goes first. Where do I mean? Where do you want to start at the beginning? Sure. I think it's I think it's wildly interesting that it says they worshipped him, but some doubted. Mm. To like think about where the apostles are on the like, are they all converted at that point? I don't think they are. Mm. I think that there's a possibility that they are working through believing in Christ even then. 
I don't know if y'all agree with me, but. I mean, I, I, I'm on record already saying something along the lines that there, there's a dramatic shift between Peter um, before Pentecost and after Pentecost or even during Pentecost. Um, yeah, I mean, even in this moment, like he correlated to Acts 2 and he says, now Peter asked the Lord before ascension. That's the time now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now will you restore the kingdom to Israel? Like he still <laughs> got his eyes fixed on, on earthly kingdoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is that's a that's a longstanding debate. People go back and forward on. I mean, I think the crescendo of John leads us to understand that Thomas at least makes perhaps one of the best and most important professions recorded in the book of John, which is "My Lord and my God." I would say that Thomas doubting Thomas, as it were, if if the in this does he setting, say that right there at the at yeah, the interaction? He touches he touches him right, and he says, "But that's the crescendo of the book of John. The whole book of John is moving to that yeah, profession." It gave me- Holy Ghost, goosebumps. and um, and so Amen. when he says that, like I would say, there are people, there are disciples here that I would say are very clearly believing. Now, there's also, I think, the concept is that there are many people who saw him. It was not just the eleven that saw him ascend, yeah. um, and so that that matters too. But you know, I, we can we can spend a lot of time discussing the you know why some believed, why some doubted, but. I don't think that's the point of the, the primary point of the text. Yeah, for sure. So right. I thought we primary, were starting at the beginning. What do you think the primary point of the text is? Yeah, I think the primary point of the text is to, um, well, I mean, it's the it's the two major premises that first and foremost, that the comforter is both coming and it is an empowering mm-hmm. one that Christ is going to be present forever with them, that he possesses all authority, and that he is given, based upon that authority, a command or commission mm-hmm. um, to the saints to execute. Hmm. Do you think it's a command? Do you think, what type of commission do you think this is? Like, I mean, I always look at it and say it's the commission of a king. Well, I mean, I, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's I mean, it, <laughs> I mean and it's you the, might even say the king of kings. You could say that. The, but it's um, a published piece. Yeah. You know I what I'm mean, saying? It's a public proclamation to go, therefore, and and make. And I think, like, all authority has been given to him, to Christ, in heaven and on earth. Yeah. And and he's sending out these subjects. And even now, like, I don't even think they fully comprehend. I don't necessarily know if I want to parse salvifically. But, I mean, right. that's that's an interesting take. But I don't even think then if they fully grasp no, I, I would, I would the say the weight of the moment. Yeah. you know, of like what this is actually going forth, yeah. to, to do mm. right yeah. globally. Yeah, I think, I think that is most clearly made known at Pentecost, mm-hmm. right there. Because I mean, even then, if we if we turn the page to some degree, you know, historically, we turn to Acts, um, and we've got we've got um, Acts one six. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel, which you just cited? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so, you know, like that's that's what he's commissioning them for, and there's, an, there's a period of waiting up until the point of the coming of the Spirit, right, that, that there's a pause. Um, and the moment that the spirit comes upon them in that, you know, Pentecostal moment in the truest sense of Pentecostal, by the way, um, not only do they begin to see and understand, I think the commissions of God, but they begin to be reminded uniquely of the work of Jesus. And I think you see this really clearly in Peter's sermon because Peter's sermon, 
if you pay close attention, actually does have a unifying thing. People think it's somewhat, you know, fragmented that it's point here, point there. It's not. It's about the lordship of Jesus. Hmm. And so that's what he carries with him in inside of the Great Commission. And that, you know, it's like the Great Commission has an overarching theme, and that is the lordship and authority of Jesus Christ over all creation. Hmm. And so that's that that certainly is a part of the Great Commission that I think we miss. And if we misunderstand that or overlook the authority of the sender and and, and you know, sometimes it's like, oh well, he has authority over us to send us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. But it's more than that. He has all authority in heaven and on earth, period, you know, hard stop. And and that's who we go to proclaim. Hmm. Isaiah two two. Yeah. It says, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. Yeah. So there's also like in Revelation where there's this idea that like this mountain is a kingdom that cannot be shaken in which this king have been given all authority in heaven on earth is now sending out his servants to publish peace. And it says nations will rise and fall, right? Mm-hmm. But the kingdom of our God will stand forever. Right. As I just think like that's a that's a that's a gripping view that we have been impacted by this great commission. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like, One of the most, you know, sometimes we're so... We're so protagonist. I know, we're first so person. quick to grab ourselves. You know, it's like, put, yeah. I, I am actually a glad benefactor. Uh, yeah. And my salvation is rooted in right. that commission. Yeah, absolutely. In that moment. Yes, yeah. Not, not departing the cross at of all. Of course not. Right? But that's the message they carry. It is, yeah. bro. And it's like, it's like, a, you know, it, it, to me, that's, that is a, that is a, I think that's a healthy first person take on yeah, it. You know absolutely. what I'm saying? Like it, first and foremost, it has affected me. It it it, it has from that mountain uh gone to me. Yeah. Right. To the uttermost parts of the earth. Yeah. Which it wouldn't apart from God's providence and the obedience of those brothers. Mm-hmm. Like just thinking about them, the the original hearers, right? Like the fact that they're sitting there hearing this and then we know what happens to them in their lives and that's what they do, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just, again, it's that, that, that putting together of God's sovereignty and in, in, in commanding it and in executing it and mm-hmm. then the human means that mm-hmm. he uses. Because, you know, early in the book of John, what was it, John 6, they were blown away that the evil spirits... Uh, would even obey them and that they could heal the sick. Oh, yeah. And he says, no, 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 no. Like this right here, like this commission and this sending out of these 11, and we know we know Paul will be the 12th, is a, I'm sorry? What about Matthias? Well, you know, that's an interesting conversation. What about Matthias? I know. So, so they cast lots. Like Do you think he really, was he really stood and counted? Yeah, I mean, I would. Or do you I, think they were prematurely? No, I mean, I, I'm. Confused. I thought we talked about this in the Earl and Thilum. Did we? Yeah, we got lots, bro. We got lots. What? Lots. Lots of conversations about. Oh lots. my goodness! All right, let's just press on. Yeah, I have no idea okay, what you're saying. Forward. I'm so confused. Anyways, lots, we we got lots got passing. Anyway, let's just go. <laughs> no, no, no. The whole audience is gonna be no. <laughs> <laughs> bro, he needs to make money. <laughs> Anyways, 
so they cast lots to put in Matthias <clears throat> to be the 12th. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that he's not an apostle. Are we going to build this out right now? Can we not? <laughs> no, we're not. Okay, okay, I'm just, cool. I, I, was, I was clarifying my statement right, gotcha, to gotcha, say gotcha, that gotcha. Paul is an apostle yeah, yeah. to the Gentiles. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, he wasn't there Pressing at that mountain. Set apart for the gospel. There yeah. we go. As All one right. untimely born. Yes. Amen. Yes. And that commission and the power given to them by Christ at that moment is, is to me, in my mind, in retrospect, back to that moment in John 6, the power that they were somewhat infatuated with, right, was, right. This, was this lesser Signs. measure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And like the work of the gospel to redeem me right. is, is, is of a greater work yes. than, mm. than, that, than that signs and wonder power in John 6. Like, and this yeah. is what covers the whole earth yeah yeah okay cool the but on that, out of that i one. think we <laughs> i don't know what i avoided but it we, sounded like it was big <laughs> we we as you've already mentioned we're so quick to place ourselves inside of the commission that we forget that we're glad benefactors right yeah. but, and, and i mean even then you take you know the book of acts is one of those books that people have taken and taken and i would argue butchered a number of times but the hmm. the the introduction of the book of Acts from uh, Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth, like to some degree, we have seen this brought to fruition. Yeah, you don't have to, you you can't contextualize it so much that it's like olive branch is your yeah is your like Jerusalem a, yeah yeah it's like <laughs> I love that y'all are saying this but it but it's one well, of those I just love it it's but, so healthy but it, it, it's like <laughs> bro you are you are on a different continent yeah, than, when, than where this yeah. thing started. And praise right? the Lord that the gospel made its way to right, you. Right, absolutely. <laughs> and so that it left Samaria. Yeah, I mean, you think about the way that, you know, Acts plays out. You've got the saints gathered and then persecution breaks out and they begin to scatter and they begin to make their way around the world. Hmm. And as like as that's happening, what are they doing? They're, they're, they're obeying the Great Commission. They're carrying the gospel with them. And God is actively bringing people to salvation through the gospel proclamation. And, you know, when we think about the Great Commission, we have to think about it both from, okay, I want to obey this, but then there also has to be, I think, a a rejoicing in the fact that he's done it. Yeah. Like he has, he's expanded the knowledge of, of Christ and the knowledge of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Does that mean that every tribe, tongue, and nation is herded as of right now? No. Mm-mm. But it does mean like, y- you think about, the incredible nature of uh, a message of these few men and the way that it has gone from a small group in Jerusalem to, I mean, a global react like people understand, like, and I'm not, once again, this is not to say that the gospel has reached every corner of the world, but we should be very grateful in the way that God has expanded his kingdom and is continuing to do so. All right, so I want to focus. And then in, we step into it. I want to focus real quick on the word witness. Like, because he charges them that, that they will be his witnesses. Okay. And I think, too, like, you know, I mean, I think often, like, we, uh, uh, again, like, talking about protagonists and misappropriating the first person reality of this is that what's the scripture where it says we have the word more fully confirmed? Like, it's that, from, uh, I think it's actually 2 Peter. I always want to say 1 Peter, but I think it's 2 yeah, Peter 1 or 2 Peter 2. 
No. It's in first or second Peter. Because mm-hmm. he's talking about his own eyesight, and then he's saying, but you have it more fully confirmed through the writing of it. Because mm-hmm. all prophecies mm-hmm. come by the Holy Spirit. So I was just thinking through like this idea that they will be witnesses, like witnesses of the actual resurrection. Like fa- You know what I'm saying? Are you like chapter factually? and me right now? No, the the dear brother who talked to us about the Great Commission had a really fire Spurgeon quote about being a witness, so I was just going to share it. Oh, oh cool. At a lull. You mean, are you yeah, ready? Yeah. Right. This is from Charles Spurgeon. If you, you don't know him. <laughs> you should look him up. You are to witness to what he has revealed to make known to others the doctrine that he preached or taught by his apostles. You are not sent to be an original thinker, to make up a gospel as you go along. You are a witness, that is all, a retailer of Christ's truth. And you miss the end of your life unless you perpetually witness and witness and witness to what you know of him and to what you have learned from him. I just really like that he said that we are retailers of mm-hmm, Christ's yeah. truth. Like we we just get the shipment in. Yeah. We haven't created anything. We just get it in and we pedal it. Yep. We oh, pedal it. I love that. What's an apostolic so witness? I guess that's my that's maybe a more better category. Apostolic. What's an apostolic witness? Like you're you're saying like they actually saw it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a uniqueness to the apostolic authority. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's why you have also have unique sign gifts given to the apostles to confirm them. Um, <laughs> side note. Um, All but, right, John MacArthur, chill out. There, but in sorry. But but in there, but, but that's why we're called to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, according to yeah. Acts two. Yeah, and because so, they witnessed both right. his death, his right. burial, and his resurrection, Absolutely. and he's commissioning them to carry that to carry that message. Yeah, indeed. Which is a unique commissioning that they had. Absolutely, yeah. it is not, and that's where you know it, it is an interesting point because we have to say that the apostles received a unique commission, but it does pass along. The question is, yeah. who does it pass along to? Mm-hmm. Because there are a ton of people. And very, do you know? You know why I chose the song this morning? I mean, today because really grapevine. I heard it through the grapevine. All right, yeah, I love it. I got it. So, <laughs> but but the apostolic authority. I heard what I heard, so I said what I heard. Sorry, amen. That's what Charles Spurgeon. How do they believe if they don't hear? Exactly. I heard a preacher talk about that once. Yeah. Good um, the my he, pastor. He wouldn't know. He's in the bathroom. <laughs> He's at Disney on Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> no, 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 come back. What do you want to talk about? What you were trying to say. Okay. Don't be spicy. Don't. I'm not yeah, being spicy. told me to shut up twice. It, was, it wasn't intentional. <laughs> if anyone deserves like, to be spicy, I got fired today. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> this a little sympathy, man. You know what he's doing? You know what he's doing? He's doing my I had cancer. <laughs> yes. How does it feel? How does it feel to be used on you now? That's what he's doing. We've been dealing with this for years. Sorry. So what are we, what are we talking about? Apostolic authority? Yes. yes. Well, the apostles have a unique authority. The question is, does that pass on to anybody? The answer is no. Well, it doesn't. It. We, so the office is closed. The office is closed. But the but the it's task the but the task of gospel expansion has not closed. Right. Right. Because mm. that that is in essence uh, a call to every single individual Christian. Mm. Um, All right. So how do we go forth as witnesses, as as learned disciples, and how do we participate in this commission? In so many ways. So many ways. You're going to say in so in many word, ways and you're going to look at me. In word, <laughs> no, I mean, in word and in deed. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. I yeah. think, no, I think with, the deed is a cop this. out. It's a hard cop out. Like the preach the gospel without, yeah. use words if necessary. It's like yeah, eat, definitely not coming from that. Eat dinner, use food if necessary. But, like, there, but there are realities where our... our no, I think uh, that our, we shouldn't betray our yeah, words our with our deeds. Our faith without works is dead faith. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. There has to be... 
There has to be an embodiment that you've actually been changed and you live with a hope. Yeah, so this is what I was trying to say uh, on Sunday. I don't know if I landed it very well when I was thinking about like looking at Sarah's engagement ring from all these sides. Yeah. Thinking about the idea that like being enthralled with the gospel shows Mm -hmm. itself in your life in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Whether you're like sitting down with someone and starting in Genesis 1 and being like, God created you and you're a sinner, like all, all the way through that. Or if it's just like being ready to speak of the hope that you have mm-hmm. in just a small, like momentary way. Mm-hmm. And then that's still, I think, in some in some sense, going after the Great Commission. You know what I mean? That's why I said in a lot of ways, because I feel like it starts with being enthralled by God and it just kind of, you look at it any any number of ways. And Knowledge you, of God's death has love, faithfulness. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's what it sounds like Somebody to me. said that to me. It makes so much sense. <laughs> the, um, it finally somewhere. landed <laughs> three years later. Um, Thank you, Holy Spirit. The, uh, the, uh, same, same. The, yeah, I mean, the, the always preach the gospel, sometimes use words, is contrary to what Jesus did. Mm. And so that's that's where it's like Jesus in his life used words, right? Mm. And so, but I also think he did things because he believed the gospel. Well, obviously the gospel is about him, but like right, because this goes back to like he healed, yeah, you know, like even earthly healings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Okay. Which which is a display of the kingdom of God yes. making. Yeah, there's 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 a lot mixed in there. But I'm saying that if anybody didn't need to preach, it would be Jesus because he was uh, perfect in all yeah. of his ways, right? For sure. The apostle Paul is a preaching apostle. I mean, all mm-hmm. of you know, they go forth proclaiming. And so like the reason that we go forth proclaiming, and it is accompanied, I would say it with, with absolute certainty, it is accompanied by good works. I mean, there's constant command of good works and obedience to the gospel, obedience to the commands of Christ. All of those things are quite clear. And so we obey and we do good works so that people will see our good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. No mm-hmm. questions asked there. But in our going and in our preaching of the good news, there must actually be preaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There must actually be teaching. If you think for a moment, you picking up a piece of trash on the side of the road <laughs> or helping granny across the street is going to granny leave. granny oh, man just went is going to is going to is going to granny alone, people man. are going to look at that and think to themselves man she just got to get gonna, back in her buick yeah i'm going <laughs> that was deep track um if in that moment they're going to say okay i'm well because i just saw that good work i'm going to repent and believe the gospel that's that's not how this happens believing mm. comes through hearing hearing through the word of christ also good i'm saying like leveraging your hospitality absolutely for the leveraging yeah. your yeah. work that's where i'm ethic. trying to get at for the gospel. Yeah, no question. That's where I'm at. If you're enthralled with Christ, it'll come out. The reason I wanted to hit that is because this is common. Like, it is a normative idea. Go ahead. I only interrupt you because I'm ADD. I know. And if I don't (laughs) say it, it's gone forever. Just come on. You know, because I think you could swing hard so far one way to be like, I'm I'm quitting everything, I'm abandoning everything, and I'm just street preaching. Yeah. That's all I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and well, how did Paul you... tell the Thessalonians, like, get a job? Yeah, <laughs> like, get a job. Like, like you're selling everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on Indeed tonight. Don't worry, Lawson. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? So I just, I, I'm trying to, like, where, like, where is that? <laughs> Like where is that obedient middle? It's, Isn't that it's, like it's the, in the Great Commission? The cliche itself. thing of like as yeah. you're going, like the command isn't go, but the command is right. to tell or to it's make as disciples. You're going, and so like as you live your life, that's where I think we but got a good question. Are there appointed times? Like are there appointed times where th- this is a moment into the gospel? Like have you ever of experienced those yes. where you're like, 
this is it. Yeah, this is like, it. And I'm either going to be obedient They threw up to the this. law, but, but I, can, the, I can either slam it down or, right, or, I can, or whiff. Or I can shirk. You yeah. Know, and like, I'm going to go to the locker room. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I think there are those moments. Yeah. For sure. Where like, where like the crescendo is happening. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I think there's also like, a lot of moments like that that are smaller moments built together. Yeah, where you where can it's say, like, I'm with like, this person again. And yeah. I know I need, you know, like... I always yeah. find it interesting where you can be like, well, well, why did that happen? And I'm always like, you know, I mean, just God's good providence. You know, there's like words that yeah. you mm-hmm. use where they're like, oh, was, you know, where you think like, yeah. eh, that's that's not a normal word. Why is he <laughs> saying that? And yeah. then I think there's other there's other moments linked together where it's like, bro, we're going we're gonna to break it down. Like, here we yeah. go. And those, those, those times most certainly come, but I think probably to our... It should be to our dismay that those, I think, come far more frequently than we care to admit. We just tend to not be paying attention. Mm. And so, like, one of my, one of my favorite professors from Mid-America was Dr. Gray Allison. And, and he said, if you're looking for, uh, for opportunity to share the gospel, I promise you, you'll find them. And it's like, he's not wrong. Um, yeah. And, you know, part of, the, part of the Great Commission, in my opinion, is, is an apprehension of I, I am a testifying person. Like, Mm -hmm. because I believe these things, like, imagine, and this is what's sad, like, we can go full days without speaking of Christ. Well, that's, that's problematic, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And if we go full, and and this is where I think there's a, the practice realm of gospel heralding is inside the church. Mm -hmm. And and what I mean by that is like, we, we should be people who are always talking about, you you made this point earlier that I want to talk about the scriptures that I've read, I want to be asked questions, you know, mm-hmm. so forth and so on, because that's that's a embodiment of, okay, I have been reading, I have yeah, been studying, um, and yeah. I'm practicing that, and then it's not so abnormal right. when I'm in the public arena and I'm right. glad to share Christ with someone. Right. It's my normal tongue. Right. Um, well, and I think that, like, I think, you know, Bible study in isolation, right? I was trying to yeah, draw that, yeah, yeah, just yeah. That, 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 that comparison. Bible study in isolation good and healthy and right sure there seems to be something unique about iron sharpens iron yeah. when that spills out into community yeah so when the gospel spills out from the church Absolutely. into community it's never it's never i think i think a lot of times or for a large portion of my life evangelism was separate from the local church it was yeah, yeah it was yeah. like it was systematized yeah it's like i could baptize you and i definitely think anybody can get baptized anywhere in a, in a pool or whatever before a congregation of people yeah but it's like you're being <laughs> baptized into a church body yeah yeah and it's like even even like when i went away to you know college or whatever it right. was like all right that's my mission field and that mission field in my mind was you were divorced from the church while yes. you were doing the missions yeah it's yes. like no yeah what? <laughs> I just thought you had like something else to say. No, it's just no. Like you, you're, if your mission is detached from the church, then what, what are you doing? Like there's a even even the even men who go overseas and they're they're detached from the local church are still being upheld and go on the authority of that local church with the anticipation and aim to plant another. Mm. They're fulfilling the great commission by going, sharing the good news of Christ baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all the Lord Jesus command, which we've got to get to here in a minute. Anyway. Which is so problematic because I feel like the narrative growing up was like, there are some people who are called to stay in the local church, mm-hmm. and there are some people who are called to go out and be missionaries. They're like snipers. And it's like, no, like there should be a local church every, everywhere. That's right. <laughs> that's you know, right. Like, that's what our desire is. But I is. still think a lot of missions work, and I think a lot of our perception of mission work is like, dude dressed in sniper clothing, just sniping people. You know what I'm saying? Like totally... Totally disconnected from any sort of church. And yeah. it's like, no, no, no. It's always to win them 
to a body. Yeah, a body of one of the strangest. So I mean, I, I, a unique perspective on this maybe one of the strangest experiences I had while we were planting Mercy Hill. So it was like, you know, like January two thousand seventeen to uh, September two thousand seventeen when we actually planted. It was so strange doing evangelism hmm. because it's like, and, and uh, I mean, don't misunderstand. Like I was glad to do it, but it's like I want to point them. To merge because I'm like I'm you know like I want to point this way to get like, saved in it's September. Like, I got yeah, a great church. So, to it, go was, to. it was different because Here's I wanted the idea board. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, because <laughs> this is coming yeah, to yeah. neighborhood near you. Knowledge the, of God, <laughs> steadfast love and faith. Right, because the because the desire of of evangelism is not only it is first and foremost, most certainly, to see them repent and believe the gospel and be united to Christ. But the natural ramification of that is is union to a local church. Like, here's your new family, right? It's like welcome, hey, congratulations. You know, yeah, and so it, it was it was really peculiar, and and it was in that time that I think I became you know uniquely aware of the relationship between evangelism, gospel proclamation, and the local church because the end of evangelism is to have them inside the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. both serving and being cared for. Um, Because you can't fulfill the rest of the commission. I don't think so. Apart from it. Yeah, I don't think so. Seems not. Seems not. So the rest of the commission is, you want me to read it? Yeah. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Yeah. All right. It takes a long time to teach someone all that Christ has commanded. I feel like, you know, sorry, I was gonna make like it. It takes <laughs> you think the seven commands. Is that what you? No, I mean, I was thinking that. Yeah. I was thinking it just takes time in community to work those out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That helps. Yeah, there's a. So, what do you think the what do you think the context historical context is? What do you what do you think? I mean, let's let's place that in the immediate historical context. I mean, you've got. We're, we're talking about just a little bit later, you've got Peter preaching, many souls converting, and what do they do? They, they all form churches. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean... You well, have, it says they break bread. Yeah, they break bread. They so do you think fellowship. That, do you think that's breaking I think that's table. bread of fellowship, yeah. or do you think that's the Lord's table? I think it's or the Lord's both. table because fellowship is specified elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think... I mean, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. I think it's both. They obviously oh, sure, did sure, both. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but he says, do this in remembrance of me. Oh, yeah. Like, like, I mean, there's a command. Yeah. So I, I think that if we understand the Great Commission rightly and we see the immediate outworking of it from Pentecost forward, what's happening? The gospel's going out through various means, but primarily the preaching of the apostles and the sharing of the gospel from those souls and the converted. searching of scriptures to know yeah. if these things are true. Absolutely. Okay. And souls are being converted as they behold Christ and they repent, they believe the gospel, and instantly they become connected to local bodies of believers. And first and foremost, before they enter in, it's baptism. That's for everyone, by the way. Um, and they're baptized, they repent, they're baptized, they enter into the covenant community, they experience fellowship, the breaking of bread, prayer, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, and through that ministry, which I would agree is an elongated ministry. This is not like... Hey, let me baptize you. That's a moment. To, that's an that's a you know punctilier for lack of better terms thing. <laughs> but the teaching them to obey all the Lord Jesus commanded has some works to it. Hey, Don doesn't know what punctilier means. Could you define that for yeah, us? Can you please? Are you trolling? No, punctilier a moment. <laughs> oh, I like yeah. oh like punctuation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don um, says thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 you were making a joke. Yeah. I'm sorry, um, but. But the teaching them to obey all the Lord Jesus commanded. I mean, my goodness, there's there's pains to that, and they're mm. good. They're gr- like I'm, I, 
one of my great joys is sitting across the table from men who are newly converted, been converted for 10 years and, or, you know, have been a believer for, for 30 and we're still growing in this, right? Like, I'm not saying that you can't know all that the Lord Jesus commanded. You can, but I'm saying there's a continual striving in that. And so we baptize them because they've repented and believed on Christ. And then we teach them to obey all the Lord Jesus commanded. And part of that command actually does end with the great commission. Part of his commanding is a is a repetition, replication, if replication, you will. reproduction, whatever you want to say, multiplication. Do you think, multiplication. A, do you think a, a body of healthy believers participates this as as third party people? Ask that in a different way. Yeah, please. All right. So, like Mercy Hill Church, being a faithful body of believers, yeah, doing clinging to the ordinary means of grace, believing in in the simple obedience of Sunday worship, right. In in that fact, if one comes among us mm-hmm. and declares, surely God is in their midst. Yeah, then it seems like they they are in some sense like like third. They third, are a party too. Yes, not first person sharing the gospel, yeah. but just like within church discipline, right? There is an accountability measure that we all share. Yeah, because of love and you know love and adoration for the King that we all bear the image and the mark and the ambassadorship to that kingdom. And so that great res- love that we have then guards each one of us in familial community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where it's not like, it, it definitely has a, 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 a like a, like an action towards it. Church discipline has an action towards it, but there's right. also like a passive guarding, mm-hmm. right? That within community. So I guess in some sense, I was just thinking through like, you know, to the, faithful obedience of a of a local church seems to be that that they are in some sense a, a a party to the commission that they are a body of faithful believers a place that can be an outpost in the midst of darkness yeah, yeah thinking about the table and christ says as, as long as you do this you're proclaiming mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Paul, it's Paul a great point you're proclaiming christ's death until you know, he like, returns yeah the idea that just by the fact that we're here that's right is just yeah a proclamation that He's right. He's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I think I think there's there's great truth to that. There is a a proclamation in our gathering, I and mean, that's again going back to the ordinary means of grace. You've got baptism, the table. You've got prayer. You've got the preached word, and in all of those, right? There is proclamation to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the and I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe point out the danger here though yeah of course the danger is should we say oh all of my evangelism takes place by my <laughs> preaching of partaking of the table yeah by deed only let's by, call yeah, let's call by yeah, like sure. holy deed yeah or yeah, sure. just on Sunday or just on Sunday because I mean like even you know, there's this 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 phrase right do the work of the evangelist right that's 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 a broad sweeping command but it is given actually to mm-hmm. to a pastor. Uh, one of the dangers, I think, of pastoral ministry is that you can become, um, it can become difficult for you to share the gospel. And, and I, I'll say for my own life, like I'm around the people of Mercy Hill, who I believe all the members of Mercy, I mean, I believe the members of Mercy Hill are converted and I treat them as such. And so like my time, like the majority of my time is spent with them. And so evangelism happens, you know, more often than not in the family it happens in places that I post up on the regular. Um, I mean, I have an office away from here um, and I, and I take opportunities there. And so, you know, but that command is, 
to be obeyed. And I think it's quite clear when it is being obeyed. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's not one of those that, that's like, oh, I think I might be obeying this. I think it's obvious when it is obeyed. What? Why are you staring at me like that? Don? I was going to get a real life example. I was just trying to think through like how to present that. Because I think it's pretty common. Like, Julie and I had dinner the other night and it was unexpected. And it was it was with people that we're very familiar with. Our, yeah. our kids grew up together and we shared a meal. Like we shared a meal together. Uh, unexpected. We we're both waiting at the same restaurant. Yeah. And I just think, you know, like in that moment, you know, there was, there's still building of relationship and, you know, there were, there were small mentions, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like sometimes I wonder, is it my own personal comfort level that, you know, I, I didn't open the meal with prayer. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I let them in some way, not, not let them, but I just didn't, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like this was such a new interaction with someone that I was going to be just a meal. You know what I'm saying? And then definitely want to get together again. And even Julie and I told them, you know, we would want to get together with them again. And I always, always think about like appointed times like that, you know, where they're just spontaneous and they're, you know, and I think we run into these as Christians yeah, all the time. Certainly. Like a guy talked to me at the gas station the other day, pumping gas. And I get like, in. Why are you I, talking to me at the gas station? <laughs> yeah. And so like everything is through the lens of the gospel. Yeah. And so sometimes I can feel like I've, I've missed something. When yeah. in fact, like, I don't know if that just wasn't appointed time or there's, there's more work to be done. And I think this is really common for all of us. No, you know, yeah, how, to, sure. how to be discerning between good and evil yeah. and, and what my good intentions are yeah. and being ready to give an answer, but to be proactive in the gospel proclamation yeah. at the right and ready time yeah. because even the lord came to us at the fullness of time you yeah. know what i'm saying like and so i think like he even looked at people and said don't go tell anybody <laughs> what i did for you and then some was like go and tell everybody and so i think there's definitely like an obedience to christ but you know i think that boils down to keeping in step with the spirit as a as a believer and i think that's that for me i think as a christian is is difficult even at my age to to discern between. And if we need to cut all this out of this episode, I'm fine with it. <laughs> no, I mean I, I think it's a reasonable. Lawson's not rubbing his beard, so I'm uh, well my, now he's rubbing yeah. his eye. Oh, we're the, in trouble. Uh, <laughs> so first, I would say that we all have. I, 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 there's one moment in my life that I recall distinctly, and I was on the subway in New York City. Oddly enough, and um, a guy sits down next to me. I had my my earbuds in. And uh, I was like working up courage, if you would, yeah, to be able to to speak to him. And I remember distinctly reaching for my earbuds after maybe five minutes, six minutes on the train. And as I reach for my earbuds to pull it out, the train stops and he gets up and walks off. And I remember thinking, wow, like it was a really sobering moment for me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, I had... I, I'm never going to lay eyes on that dude again, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, it, and I, at this point, still haven't. I, I can't imagine that mm-hmm. I would. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was a really sobering moment because there is an urgency, right? There is an urgency of gospel proclamation. I'm not going to pretend like I take every opportunity. I'm not going to pretend like there's not failure there. But there should be an eagerness 
for gospel proclamation. Now, that being said, I do think that there is wisdom in the way that we share Christ with people. And I do think that there is like the, the be, yeah, I mean, because there's, there's kick down the door. If you were to die tonight, yeah, where would yeah. you go? Yeah, yeah, right. And I'm not, yeah. and I, but, but you know, that it might work for someone, yeah, but, but the, not every. The flip side of that is I'd rather have that than nothing, mm. right? Yeah, because sure. the relational aspect but of But the a, nothing sometimes I think is measured in a moment in time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where, where, I, where I think like, that where where the intention is good and the desire is there, but you're working through yeah you're you're working through the the appropriateness and and the and the moment you know yeah. what I'm saying like being obedient in that moment I guess you know it's like I'll give you one more example Bailey and I on a family vacation yeah you told me this sitting at the beach yeah are we being disobedient by sitting <laughs> and basking the, in the sun good. yeah you know this is the great ethical context yeah. where it's like. I I think there's definitely, I think there's definitely a first person reality over the Great Commission, but you know the question I pose is like, is that sinful, right? If, yeah. if there is a great sense of urgency, like how do we balance family rest at the beach and 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 you know I went on lots of youth group yeah summer camp stuff where yeah. it's like the whole time i remember going to the beaches of family and sitting and resting and yeah. making relationships and hanging out with a bunch of people and yeah. making new friends and yeah. and then i also remember the youth group with the with the bee you know the 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 colored beads yeah. and yeah. doing and doing the beach walk <laughs> and it's like those are two starkly different beach trips i don't know deal with that lawson help me unpack that deal with that lawson. just like don on the couch yeah no, 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 no but i mean there obviously is you know there, there's a sermon frankly by john MacArthur called the theology of sleep that's helpful mm-hmm. and it's understanding this goes back to kind of where we began which is the dual nature of 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 gospel proclamation and seeing souls converted is it's like there's both a responsibility of man to proclaim the gospel, but there's also an understanding that God is going to save his people, mm-hmm. right? And so we don't become lax based upon that. It should motivate the way that we do evangelism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that we have a a pattern to say that this can nev- you can never rest. I think it's quite the contrary. God's election is the pillow on which we rest our head. The but the I guess the because I'm aiming to correct what I see to be an error, um, that that's that, fair. Yeah, it, it's like I'm. I, I I don't think I ever have to look at somebody and say, "Hey, you need to spend more time on the beach." Right. Right. I think if you spend time <laughs> on the beach, you're crazy anyway because there's sand everywhere oh and it's the gosh. worst. But but what I but it's what there I, to teach us? Yeah, about sin and all of its depravity about and election. <laughs> so so but, but what I. Like, for instance, like there's the relational, and, and I'll be honest with you, I think about the souls that have been converted and brought into our church. Mm-hmm. Most of them have been through a long labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. there are very few that are here from like, uh, I, you know, a church member walked up to them, shared Christ with them, boom, they were converted. We baptize right. them the next week and they're faithful members right, right now. Right. Most of them are from the saints of this congregation yeah. having relationships, leveraging those relationships, sharing Christ, not giving, and just being faithful to continue right. lavishing the gospel upon right. someone. So their ministry is not disjointed right. from their everyday no, life. No, it's a part yeah. of it. And mm-hmm. that's that's and, good. And that's what I would say, like, you know, the conversation you have with them, by God's grace, I pray that you have opportunity 
to cash in and share Christ with them and share the good news of the gospel with them. That's the end goal, right? Yeah, and Julie said, like, after dinner, I was like, yeah, she, uh, I think they go to XYZ yeah. Methodist Church, yeah, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. Maybe, you know, I was thinking yeah. in my mind, as I think I think that's a good place to begin, right. you know what I'm saying, yeah. like, to get to know people, yeah. right? It's like being on a second dinner as couples yeah. is a good next step yeah. to know them better yeah. and then position that to where are you know yeah building that out where are you spiritually yeah. and mm-hmm. relationally if i could just like what we're talking I about think this gets of, abused too yeah relational yeah. evangelism it's like oh i'm 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 believing relational evangelism like that's so, great if you ever friends. get there <laughs> like you're not there it's like it's like you, you've you've been <laughs> friends best friends with like, them with five years yeah, yeah if you <laughs> one day they're gonna ask yeah, me if about you don't Jesus, have emotional if you don't have the stock after five years let's be serious it ain't them Right. It's you. Right. And, and you know, what I have found is there's this, there's this um, total lack of willingness to share Christ with someone. And it's like, I'm going to build emotional stock. It's like, what kind of, like, what level of emotional stock are you getting to before you're sharing the gospel with someone? Because I'm going to be honest with you, I, I don't think you need as much as you assume. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. and the primary, and at the end of the day, I just want to be faithful. Hmm. And my faithfulness means that my goal at the end of my life is to have rather clean hands hmm. that what my responsibility is to do is to proclaim the gospel because I, I don't want their blood on my hands. Hmm. If the gospel has been proclaimed, my hands are clean. If it hasn't, then, then I, I'm not in error to say that there's blood on my hands, but your motivation primary motivation is, is, is yeah. God's glory God, all day yeah. long. It's the it's the mountaintop king yeah. who has all authority yeah. and it's the obedience of faith. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, I had a conversation with a guy not too long ago because uh, because let me just say con- yeah. contextually, I think for me growing up, a lot of it was it was guilt. It was guilt. It was guilt. It was value, yeah. misplaced value, yeah. and worth on the wrong object. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't pride. agree more. To yeah, just, to say like look or, at me. or self righteousness. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, fair. Um, but <laughs> or arrogance. Yeah, or <laughs> God, or, we're sinful people. Or lack of humility. <laughs> the list goes on. This whole conversation is like, yeah. God, we are. Yeah, but <laughs> bunch of bad dudes. I know. Fallen, we are. I lost my place. Oh no! I'm sorry. Self self righteousness is where you're going. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. There was something before that. I said it was the glory, it's the glory of God. Glory. So I'm having. I was having a conversation uh, with a with a uh, a member. Uh, anyway, a person associated with our church from a long a distance fellow? who was unconverted. Um, and as I'm talking to this individual, he says, "Well, you just use fear to try to bring people to conversion." I was like, "I'll be honest with you. Like, fear might bring someone to conversion, but it is not my first play. Mm. My first play is glory." Like my first play is the beauty of Christ. Like that's what I, like Mm. I'm coming to you not because Mm. there is a hell, like that's real. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to you because there is a God Mm. and he is good and worthy of worship and praise. And, and I'm telling you the best thing for your soul, the chief end of man is Mm. to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And I want you to have that joy. And I remember watching him. He was staggered by that mm-hmm. because the majority of evangel—I mean, I'm not saying this is always the case, but but a lot of our evangelism is because there is a hell. Yeah. No, we do evangelism because there is a Christ who is good, mm. and He deserves to be worshipped. And so, as we go, we go proclaiming the chief beauty of yeah, the universe. Yeah, we can go up that mountain. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, come up here with me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Behold Him. Yeah, yeah. That's All right. Charles, do you think we missed anything? <laughs>
that question. <laughs> what was this well, question? I felt like I did. His question for the listening audience, we had our producer text us, and he said, is the commission most commonly fulfilled by growing outward from a local area or by Americans going to Africa and such? Oh, I can answer this. Sorry. No, I think this is a good question. <laughs> Sorry. I felt like we danced around it a little bit, but you're about to get the head on. Yeah, so I, yeah, I'll, ta- I'll tackle that one. Um, I am just wholeheartedly convinced that the best way to do to fulfill the Great Commission is by being faithful where you are mm. and by sharing the gospel in your general area. And if the Lord moves you, for instance, we've had people you know, move away from our congregation. I hope that when they went, they went carrying the gospel. On another note, I think it's perfectly acceptable and good for someone to say, I'm going to go and live my life in, let's say, Argentina, since we have a, a clear example of that. They lived their life there. They did faithful evangelism. They planted a church. And their purpose now is to continue training local pastors. And I think that that's the true and best form of fulfilling the Great Commission is planting local churches and making sure that in those other countries or wherever they may be, it doesn't matter if it's down the street or if it's across the globe, it's like I want the church to be nourished and cared for that the gospel might go out from that place. Because again, if I'm going, so this is the majority of, of global of foreign mission trips, is I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to share the gospel in a village, sniping people, as you have mm-hmm. said. And then I'm like, well, I'll see you. Mm-hmm. I failed. <laughs> I failed in accomplishing the Great Commission because I'm not staying to teach them all that the Lord Jesus commanded. And I'm probably not doing it at home either. Hun, he said it. Sorry. Ouch. I'm already unemployed. <laughs> I can't get any more unemployed. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why that's why like even in our church commission, our church covenant, if you if you read it, it says like the aim aiming to fulfill the Great Commission by uh, by planting churches, right? And and the reason that we want that and the reason that I think that that is the best form of global missions is because the model it, it, it's not the idea of I'm gonna grab somebody, baptize them, and say, now you're a church. No, it's I'm going to see someone converted, see them raised up, and uh, you know, reach the place of being able to be a qualified elder and to serve that congregation. Well, I promise you it lasts longer. You know, one of the worst things in the world is when a area or, or worst thing in the world for, for like true and, and long lasting faithfulness in an area is that sniping process because what ends up making its way in an endless amount of heresies. And so it takes fidelity over time and the best people to do that are normally those who are indigenous. And so, anyway. But, but we understand the going and staying and investing your life there for that end. Hmm. Okay. All right. So in conclusion, I have a Bible verse. <laughs> if you threw it at me this time, I was literally just going to read the Great Commission. Revelation <clears throat> twenty two <laughs> seventeen says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and mm-hmm. let the one who hears say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. Mm. So I'd like to thank my fellow elders, Lawson Harlow and Blake McCullough, for the time spent today. Fellas, you are honey, honey, yeah. My brothers and my friends, Godspeed. It was good. I got invited to a second interview.
Sweet. Next week. Uh, come again. The picture I sent y'all where yeah. I was wearing he like gym shorts he with a suit read. coat. No, I didn't read he any read. of that. He's such his, a whole, his whole texter. text is one way. He really makes it's me It's like angry. Twitter. He's gotten them confused. Because when he needs something, he's going to like triple oh, yeah. text you. Yeah. Good yeah. talk. Hey, hey, hey. Or be snarky about it. But then like you ask him a question and it takes him eight yeah, hours you to respond. Him, listen to this. And he sends you one hold word. On, hold Sorry. on. I got something to say. We're going to uncork it. Let's uncork it right here. Welcome to the Lost I send this man a $50 discount ceasefire <laughs> in November. Sliding 50 over. You know, I didn't just send it randomly. Mm, he had engaged me about what do I think about ceasefire. And I was like, here's what I think. Go and use my discount code. You say 50 and I say 50. Do you need a Capital One card? Because I can get $150 from you. <laughs> <laughs> but if I text it to you, you won't. I can't even tell the audience what he texts back. But he did, he did not respond <laughs> at all. And then goes out on social media this week and says one of the worst things he's ever done is cancel kill, Comcast. Kill Comcast. Oh, it was miserable. That's how I find out he's switching because I'm getting information <laughs> downloaded to me one way. <laughs> and I'd already had this thought. I was like, bro, I should take my $50 as a gag and put it out on Products of Grace. And I thought better of myself. I was like, no, nah, dude, that's taking it too far. I should have done it because he would have seen I don't even know if he would have seen it. I think Twitter for him is one way. <laughs> It's just a dark screen. He sees nothing but his own, his own post. <laughs> yeah, I don't follow anybody. I unfollowed everybody last night. <laughs> He's down to one, and it's himself. It's Time a to shadow get on account. Twitter. <laughs> Time to get on Twitter and see all the funny stuff I've seen. Well, what most people don't know is I actually just made 600 accounts and followed myself. I don't, so funny, I don't even bro. know who else is following me at this point. Oh, yeah, my goodness. I, did we get it all out of our systems? Yeah, I'm fine. Are you? Yeah, I'm fine. That's that's when it's like I'm not playing with anybody. What do you that's listen like, to when you're eating lasagna? Uh, I, Shane and Shane, <laughs> definitely. What'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> Shane and Shane. Shane. That's a yeah. Good setup, oh, for right? sure. That's good. Yeah. That was good, Mike. <laughs> that was good. I came up with it. No, he, he caught he, it. No, no, he dunked that. <laughs>